We want to welcome you to the Bible teaching ministry of Fellowship Bible Church, where our desire is to honor God by faithful obedience to His Word. If you want to understand the Bible better, please continue to listen as Pastor Matt Postiff explains and applies the biblical text one verse at a time. You can reach us with questions or for more teaching audio and print material at our website, fbcaa.org. You can also watch our services live at fbcaa.org slash live. We want to thank you for listening and pray that you will be edified. Join us now as Pastor Postiff opens God's Word. Let's turn our Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 16 as we continue our trek together through the Matthew's Gospel. Looking forward to uh, continuing here. Just over halfway through. Um, Matthew 16, starting in verse number 5. Matthew 16 and verse number 5. All the way down through verse number 12. All right. It says this, Now when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves of the four thousand and how many baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So the Lord uh, is teaching his disciples now. And thankfully, We're not in a section here where he's confronting directly the Pharisees and the Sadducees like he did earlier in the chapter where they were seeking a sign for the second time. um, But now he's he's with the disciples uh, alone and he's going to teach them. Now, the first thing I noticed in my uh, New King James MacArthur Study Bible, which I happen to have a copy on my desk, is that it has a title above this section. Does anybody have the MacArthur Study Bible there? What does the title say? Okay, the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. That is a good, a good subtitle. Unfortunately, the MacArthur Study Bible has this title, The Departure or Withdrawal of Jesus. And they tie it in with Mark chapter 8, 13 to 21, which is a parallel passage. And I believe that this is a bad heading because, and I don't think it's MacArthur's fault. I'm not criticizing him. I think the New King James editors did something here, um, and the MacArthur editors had to leave that stuff in the text. They were just doing the footnotes at the bottom. Um, And and remember, the headings are not part of the original text. Okay, This is not like uh, the issue in the Psalms where you have those super or prescripts, verse zero as we call them, which is actually verse one in the Hebrew text, but those superscripts are questioned as, as to whether they are 
or are not part of the inspired text. Some of them don't seem to be, but let's just leave it at that. There is, there's some question there. On these headings, there is no question. These are not supplied in the original manuscripts or in any of the copies. These are supplied by the reference or study Bible editors to try to divide the text into chunks to help the reader understand kind of the landscape of his reading. But the errant heading here, the withdrawal of Jesus from where he was, reflects only the narrative of the prior verse. Look at the end of the last verse. It says, and he left them and departed. Both in Matthew 16, 4 and in Mark 8, 13, it mentions this. The heading does not reflect what is taught in the section. Okay, so this just points out my, my point that these are not inspired headings. In the upcoming three paragraphs, there's no mention there of Jesus withdrawing, no mention of his departure, no reasons are explained as to why he left, although we could maybe imagine some of those things, but they're not there. They're not in the text. So instead, the section is all about the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The section heading should reflect that, if not also a little bit more about what the leaven is. At Mark 8.14, in that same Bible, the heading is, Disciples do not understand. That's pretty good. You know, the leaven, that could be a good heading. Or the disciples don't understand, that could be a good heading. Um, For my notes tonight, what I try to do with my title is to give a little pithy uh, statement about what the section is about. And then on my truth, uh, which you see, uh, and in fact, I think I might have forgotten to put these on the website. Sorry about that, but I'll get that later. Um, On the truth of, of the heading there, I put the title, Doctrinal Leaven, and the truth, I put this, Beware of false teaching, for it is deadly. Beware of false teaching, for it is deadly. And that's what I think how we can combine the leaven and the meaning of the leaven and make a statement out of it so that the truth of the passage gets conveyed to the reader. So we want to try to, and when you study the Bible, by the way, that's really what you want to do. My goal is to be able to understand it well enough to be able to come up with something that is relevant, that, is, that fits the passage of Scripture and is, is drawn from it and is not just me putting it on there. Now, many times, too, that's difficult, and I feel like I'm taking like one aspect of the text and putting it in my title and truth section up at the top. Uh, it's, it's harder for me sometimes to kind of package everything together into one idea uh, if, there, if I'm seeing several key ideas come up out of the text. Well, the lesson here of this is to take the headings in your study Bible with a grain of salt. Compare them carefully to the text that follows and see if you agree with the heading or not. In this case, the uh, editors of that particular study Bible got a failing grade from this professor. Um, Not that they asked me ahead of time, but I'm giving it anyway. So um, the disciples forgot something. And I call the first verse here, verse 5, the forgetful disciples. It says, when the disciples had come to the other side, that's his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. So, you know, when you're traveling, you got to remember certain things, don't you? Uh, Take food for your journey, uh, money for your pocket, extra clothes, you know, uh, 
sometimes if you go to certain places, like if you're going to camp, you might need your pillow. You know, you want to have that pillow. Uh, you don't want to forget, um, you know, your teddy bear if you're a youngster, and uh, you got to have that when you're traveling. Um, food. Uh, it's funny, uh, you know, when you're traveling some places, you wonder now, are they going to have this and this and this there? You know, if you're going to a nice hotel, you don't have to worry. You have all the towels and the bedding and everything you need. But if you're going to a camp or somewhere else, you don't know. And uh, I, was, I was alerted to the, uh, the stark n- nature of this idea when I traveled the first time to Chile because we were going to go from, by car from Santiago south, about 400 miles maybe, to uh, Alicán, a uh, place where our camp ministry is at. And at one time, when you would go down the highway and stop at the rest stops, you had to provide your own toilet paper or like buy it if they had a dispensary of it at the rest stop or the gas station where you were. And I never even thought to take a roll of toilet paper in my suitcase. (laughs) Why would you think of that? But that's the reality because somebody would steal that roll of toilet paper from the gas station or the rest stop. And so they had to implement those kind of means to stop that. See, when you don't have a Christian kind of society where there's no even basic level of trust and and thievery is all the time, well, these guys forgot their bread. I don't want to get too far off here into funny illustrations, but you know, you they could be so excited here. They're getting on with God's work. They're traveling with the Lord. They forgot to take the basics, and uh, they forgot to, you know, if their if their if their head wasn't attached to their shoulders, they would have forgotten that too. So, but anyway, the Lord used the forgetfulness of His disciples as an opportunity to teach them something that was, in terms of wording, similar to the topic at hand. So it was about bread. They forgot. So He said, "Oh, I'll tell them something about bread. Leaven is about." kind of related to bread. So watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He wanted to teach them to be very wary of the Pharisees and Sadducees in terms of their doctrine. This was not necessarily a warning against all contact with them. But then again, Jesus himself just now had departed from the false religious leaders after yet another confrontation with them where they unbelievingly ask for a miraculous sign from heaven. Putting distance between yourself and false teachers is something that does need to be done from time to time. In John 7, 1, the scripture records that Jesus moved about in Galilee, but not in Judea because the Pharisees sought to kill him. So he departed from Judea. He traveled about in the northern portion of the country, to avoid an early confrontation with the Pharisees who wanted to kill him. This warning, though, was not about the danger that the Pharisees posed to one's physical life. It was a teaching opportunity about something else. And so the Lord gives a veiled warning to the disciples, and uh, the disciples' misinterpretation of that we see in verses 6 and 7. So forgetful disciples lead to an opportunity for the Lord to give a veiled warning to them. Take heed and beware of this leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So he gives them a play on words. Bread requires leaven. The disciples forgot all the ingredients, not just the leaven. They forgot the wheat and the the, uh, 
or the flour, if you will, and the water and the sugar and the salt and the oil or whatever else they added in there. And the Lord said they needed to avoid the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Well, what's that? The disciples misinterpreted what Jesus said by overthinking it. Verse 7, listen to this. They reasoned among themselves. You know, this was a real puzzle. This was a riddle. This was like Samson's riddle to them, wasn't it? You remember Samson's riddle? Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. And it was about the honey that was found in the carcass of this lion, which he wasn't supposed to be doing anything with. But anyway, this is a riddle to them. They reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Hmm. They were overlooking the fact that Jesus would not rebuke them about bread leaven when they forgot bread. Why? Because he could make bread for them from nothing. And that's what it says. I mean, look at just a few verses earlier at the end of chapter 15. Jesus fed 4,000 adult men plus women and children out of basically nothing. Now, I know it's not truly nothing. It's a few loaves and fishes. Uh, One of those cases was five loaves and two fish. And I don't remember this one. Seven loaves here and a few little fish in the previous one. But basically, you know, somebody's lunch money bought lunch for... 12,000 or more people. Um, so, you know, how is it that this could be, uh, you know, leaven of the Pharisees referring to bread? They should have stopped to realize that that doesn't make any sense, okay? The leaven of the Pharisees has nothing to do with bread. It's a symbolic statement or a figure of speech. So the, the, the Lord further warned them, take heed and beware Beware about bread. What's dangerous about bread? What do you have to take heed about bread for? I mean, may I just humorously say, if it's rye bread, I take heed. I beware of rye bread, okay? I don't like it. Um, if it's bread with caraway seeds, sorry, Ben. Uh, I know you're a very a connoisseur of all kinds of special breads, but I beware of that kind of bread. But these disciples should not have thought uh, bread, Beware of bread? No, come on. It must be something far worse than bread if the Lord is telling you to beware of it. The Lord could not be talking about literal leaven, for it was the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. He defines what it is. It's a leaven produced or sourced in them. Leaven is an additive used in the process of making bread. To the Jewish mind steeped in the scriptures, leaven often represented what? sin. It was an impurity, or at least it was a small thing that when you put it into a lump of dough affected the whole thing. Remember, uh, Paul said it in uh, 1 Corinthians 5, a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. You're familiar with that from your Bible reading, I trust. It's, but it does often represent sin. In, in this case, this leaven comes from the religious leaders of the day. They should have clued them in it's really, it's really almost, how can I say, grammatically, the leaven of the Pharisees, it's almost like you can forget the leaven part and just focus on, it's the Pharisees. Beware of the Pharisees. It's a little more nuanced than that, but we'll find that out here. So the Lord then corrects the disciples' reasoning among themselves and thinking about bread. They were fixated on an earthly thing. 
instead of on a heavenly thing, instead of on biblical truth, instead of on what the Lord was saying to them. And so Jesus, it says, verse 8, being aware of it, that is of their reasoning and of their, their, their answer in their minds, said to them, oh, you of little faith, why did they get it wrong? They get it wrong because their brains were too weak? They get it wrong because they had a low IQ? Did they get it wrong because they weren't educated? No, they got it wrong because they were of little faith. You see that? Yeah, a a bunch of faith overcomes a lot of other problems, right? If you have a lot of faith, it doesn't matter that you don't have a law degree, a PhD, or an MD. Uh, you will be very much smarter than your teachers if you have faith, faith in God, faith in Christ. So he rebukes them again, oh, you of little faith. Uh, when, did that, when did he say that before? You know, and Peter went out into the water and began to sink, oh, you of little faith, the Lord said, and other places that's said as well. It's a rebuke that's befitting of us oftentimes, isn't it? Oh, us of little faith. Sometimes I'll joke with myself or with others when I've said something or done something that reveals that, and I'll say, oh, me of little faith, instead of, oh, thee of little faith, or oh, ye of little faith. I'll say, oh, me of little faith. And you might reflect that in your own thinking about yourself as well. Um, Well, let's see, where to go from now? So they were focused on this worldly matter about food. Their non-faith-based thinking misguided them. Their focus was so singular that they could not think outside of the bread box, outside of the box, the bread box, to think about how bad the Pharisees' false teaching was. So the Lord brings out specifically that they should not have been concerned about bread, that they should have known that the Lord was not concerned to teach them about bread either. You know, they shouldn't have worried about bread. He, they knew he wasn't worried about bread because he can snap his fingers and create new bread. So it had to be that there was another significance to these words, especially after the feeding of the 5,000 and the 4,000. A lack of bread was no problem with the Lord. What was more dangerous than lacking bread was that the Pharisees and the Sadducees could inject their false ideas into the disciples' heads. This would mix around like leaven in a batch of dough. This, these false ideas would mix around with all the other sound doctrine that they had received from Jesus and mess it all up. Here's where a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Now, the idea of leaven in this context is obviously a reference to a bad thing. The bad, things, a bad thing comes from the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were the source and the purveyors of this leaven. And so I asked myself the question, what is it that they do or say or teach that is this leaven? And verse 12 tells us, thankfully, that we don't, so we don't have to wonder. Um, finally, the disciples understood that he did not talk to them about bread, but about the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so by observation, we should be able to see from the Gospels so far that we've read in Matthew and and the others that we can study what this sort of thing is. And I think that the Lord is referring to the entire package of their wicked teaching and actions. Let me give you 12 things. Don't write these down. Just listen to them and let them kind of pile up as you think about the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And uh, you can get these later in the notes if you want them on the website. 
First of all, they did not believe in Jesus. That was part of the leaven of the Pharisees. Secondly, they taught their traditions over the word of God, thus nullifying God's word. Remember, they said, I'm going to give my possessions as a gift to God. It's now dedicated to him. It's designated in that category. It's a restricted fund. I can't use it to help my parents. I can't add a mother-in-law apartment onto my house. I can't go visit or whatever and, and take the time and the money to do that because all my resources are given over to God. They blast, thirdly, blaspheme the Holy Spirit by attributing Jesus' works to the devil. Fourthly, they taught what was in effect a works-based salvation. It was a legal kind of thing. They were thinking they were made righteous by their law-keeping. Number five, the Pharisees and Sadducees were arrogant, believing that they were better than people around them who were accursed and uneducated in the things of God. You know, the, the man in John chapter 9 who was born blind, who was healed, he corrected the Pharisees and they reviled him and they threw him out of the synagogue, thus you know, consigning him to a life of ostracism in the religious community of the day. And they thought, you know, we're, these people, these cursed people, they know nothing. Or these uneducated disciples, they know nothing. Or they go to the temple and pray and say, God, I thank you that I'm not like this wicked tax collector over here as he prays with himself. He prays to himself because he is his own God. He's not praying to the true and living God. He's thinking about himself only. And so number six, what's the leaven? They refuse to believe John the Baptist or repent at his urging to do so. Number seven, their leaven included despising Jesus for eating with tax collectors and sinners. Number eight, they criticized Jesus' disciples and Jesus himself for not following the traditions such as hand-washing and fasting. Why do your disciples not fast when we fast all the time? Number nine, they repeatedly claimed that Jesus and his disciples were Sabbath breakers when they themselves did not understand the true nature of the Sabbath. Are you starting to see the bad leaven that is here? In the Pharisees' teachings, number 10, they continued to ask for signs. When they refused to believe the signs that he had already given to them, they were intransigent. In other words, they were hard-hearted. They were stubborn, like a mule. Don't be like the mule or the horse where you have to put a bit in its mouth and lead it around, the psalmist says. They were also hypocrites. This is part of the leaven of the Pharisees. Listen to this verse in Luke 12, 1. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is what? Hypocrisy. The Lord says it right out. It's hypocrisy. They were hypocrites. They taught one thing but did another. Their doctrine was basically, do as I say, not as I do. They, they laid heavy burdens on men. Luke, I think it's uh, Matthew 23, but they weren't willing to lift one of those or help lift them with one of their fingers. The externals, finally, number 12 in the leaven list here, the, ex, the external was more important to them than the internal. They concerned themselves with tithes of mint, and anise and cumin, but neglected the more important or weightier matters of the law like justice 
mercy and faithfulness, Matthew 23, verse 23. Internal matters of the heart did not matter to them at all, but that's what God is most concerned about, your heart. He's not concerned about, you know, your external appearance, like you can trick everybody to think you're okay, a decent person, when internally your heart is dark and sinful and wretched and miserable and unbelieving. That's what their situation was. Pray God that's not our situation. So finally the disciples got it. They realized that uh, Jesus was not talking to them about bread, but about dangerous doctrine. Let me mention too about, I've kind of just mentioned Pharisees tonight, although the text says Pharisees and Sadducees. I just use Pharisees to kind of glom together the whole group of them. They're, they're the bad guys, you know, but actually the Sadducees were also bad. If we just focus in on them specifically for a moment, Acts 23.8 tells us that they did not believe there was any such thing as the resurrection or angels or spirits. They denied basic Bible teaching and thus gave their disciples no hope whatsoever. They were the atheists of their time. What, are the, what do I mean by that? The atheists today say, you live, you die, and that's it. They bury your body and you're finished. You decompose, you become part of nature again, and it's over. They're going to find out a little bit different than that, a lot bit different than that, in fact. But these Sadducees were something similar to that. They were religious somehow, but secular at the same time, if that's possible. But their belief system was doomed to failure anyway. And the Pharisees, though right on some of those things, they did believe in the resurrection and angels and spirits, were, as Matthew 23, 15 says, making disciples of where? Hell. They were making disciples of the devil. So I conclude tonight this way, just briefly now. You and I too, we also need to take heed and beware of false doctrine. It's all around us. It's subtle. It's deadly. The ways of our world today, including tolerance and promotion of all forms of wickedness, follow-your-heart theology, all this are leavens that we need to get out of our lives. And we have to remember that a little leaven goes a long way to making a mess of your thinking and your consequent behavior. And that's, we, we recognize that in the media, in, in schools. They try to put a little leaven in those kids' heads, starting in kindergarten, preschool, all the way on up. And they get them to think a certain way. And then those kids have to, if they can, reach escape velocity to get out of that gravity of false teaching. But all of this stuff, we have to be so aware, not you know, looking around every corner, paranoid, aware, but aware, beware, take heed of the leaven of the modern media, of the modern pol political scene, uh, of the modern scientific consensus, and, and all of those things. We have to really take heed and be careful that we're discerning what is true and what is in line with God's Word and what is not. So I give you that this evening, doctrinal leaven to beware of false teaching because it is deadly. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity we've had tonight to look at the Word, to feast on it. We know that man does not live by bread alone, but on, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 
And Lord, we've had an opportunity tonight to hear some from the Word, to read it, to just delve into it a little bit, to look at it, to turn it around and look at it from a different angle. I pray, God, that you would help us, that we would, next time we read this passage, we would understand it. We would understand that the the twelve-fold problems of the Pharisees and the Sadducees were, in fact, dangerous doctrine to the disciples, and that we would recognize that we might not have the Pharisees or the Sadducees today, but we have plenty of others, other suspects, other usual suspects that are purveyors of dangerous doctrines. The last days, we know, will be full of that kind of stuff. Help us to live rightly before you. Help us to not be deceived by doctrines, by teachings, that is, that are out of line with Scripture. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May God bless you with that word tonight. And uh, it's a bit of a warning, but as you know, we just go straight through one section at a time and we reach uh, this section, that section tonight. And uh, next time we'll see what's next. So, amen. I hope that you have a good evening. Those of you that are online, thank you for, for participating with us here this evening, watching. And, uh, and maybe you watch afterwards. Uh, right now is uh, March 30th in the evening, and maybe you watch another future day, and uh, whatever day that is, we pray that it'll be a blessed day for you. Amen. Good night, everyone.